Welcome down to the Socks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, recorded in my basement on the south side of Chicago. My name is Chris. I have Dave sitting across from me. We are childhood friends that grew up across the street from each other. We've known each other since we were fetuses. And now we sit around and we talk about our favorite team in the whole world, the Chicago White Sox. How are you? I'm good. How does that work, knowing each other since we were fetuses? I'm pretty I'm sure our mothers might like rub I'm sure they, they pregnant probably, bellies. They or probably something. talked to each other. They lived, They were neighbors. I'm sure one was pregnant and the other was pregnant at the same time. I was probably a, I was a bigger fetus at the time. Yes. There was a point in our lives where I was I was I was older, which meant I was taller than Dave. Now Dave's like almost a foot taller than me. It's like I mean like I got my licks in early as a child because I had to. Because now I, I don't want to take him on. Because you like, just know. He's athletic. He goes to the gym. He's got a bald head. He's, you know, he's a foot taller than me. I mean, like, I'm I'm just glad that I got what I, I, I got my, I got my shots in when we were seven and six. You know what I'm saying? Before, before you had your growth spurt and I was an out of shape, fat 41 year old. All's forgiven though, right? I mean, oh yes, of course. Anymore, of course. Right? No, okay. yeah, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> we're, uh, there's a lot going on down here um, with socks in the basement. First of all. We, we got ourselves on iTunes, we got ourselves on CastBox, we got ourselves on Podbean, and as of yesterday, we are now on the Stitcher Radio Network. You can get us on the Stitcher Radio Network, where you can subscribe to the show, subscribe to all kinds of different shows, including our parents' show, The Broadcast Basement, uh, Beer, Fatherhood, and Funny, that's what that show is. That one's been going on for about 10 years. It's spurned or spawned this show, and uh, it's recorded in the exact same place, my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago. Um, and then we also have a new Facebook page and we have got a lot of people that are already joining and finding it. If you just find socks in the basement on Facebook, I'm still fighting with Twitter to get my Twitter handle back, but we will get that or an alternate one in the next week. And uh, we just continue to expand, which is great, but we also have brand new equipment. And luckily Dave who runs a music store and has a music degree and has been a, had been a producer of music for so long knows how to set up all this complicated stuff because basically I set up most of it and then he showed up today and actually fixed it all for me. So before the show started, he fixed everything. We're talking through new mics and and all, all kinds of fancy... I mean, I've never talked through like a screen before. Like you see like on like ESPN radio, like on TV or something. I've never done this. Even when I was on professional radio for 10 years, I never talked through like a circular screen thing to make everything sound right on the on the broadcast so i don't know we got these big giant mics i mean thank god you're here because i didn't even know how to switch the thing on the top of the mic on right so basically if this sounds really bad blame me is what chris is no saying i'm not here. saying that i'm saying that we're just trying something out here and we'll see how it goes okay if you don't well, like you're, the way you're, it sounds as we trust us we'll hear it and we'll fix it as well you're, 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 you're moving up in the world dude I you am. know you're, you've gone up from the uh, up You've gone up from the, you know, less apartment in the sky. Well, maybe not there, but you've gone up to the seven from the seventy dollar mics to the the four hundred dollar mics, five hundred, five hundred, ridiculous, yes. ridiculous five hundred dollar mics. I don't know what I, I don't know how I'm getting away with this right now. My wife, I don't think, realizes what I'm doing when the credit card statement comes next month. This may be the end. <laughs> I mean, it was a good run. It's actually my anniversary today. 14 years. It was a good run. Happy anniversary. Right. I, I appreciate it. She was all nervous last night when we went out to go eat. Went to Cafe Babariba. Up oh, on I the, uh, oh, I saw that. I yeah, love that place. Side. I love that place. It's a really great tapas. I think that's really that's just a fun thing to do. The little the little entrees. Such a Chicago way of saying it. it's actually tapas. Whatever. Tapas. Yeah, from the south side, it's tapas. That's all right. One Is of it our really tapas. Yeah, it's really tapas. Yeah, Man, I literally spoke to like six guys at the carnival up here, up the street at the kids' carnival this week, and told them where I was taking her, and they all were like, "Oh, I like that tapas." Well, you're on the south side so of Chicago, dude. It's well, the it's, jewels is the tapas. It jewels tapas. <laughs> right? Garage keys. Um, 
Well, you know, that's funny. We have a friend who once once upon a time used to call it topless cuisine. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. That would be an interesting place to take her for an anniversary. Maybe Absolutely. for the Big 15 next year. Well, okay. listen, here's the, let, let me give you a little bit of advice. Being a musician who has a lot of guitars and, you know, they sort of accumulate over the years and a lot of musical equipment. I always tell my wife the same thing. When I die, please sell my music equipment for what it's worth. So... Don't tell don't like tell her it's, it. don't tell her it's worth nothing. No, tell no, her no. tell her what it's worth. No, so no, no, no. sell way. it. It's an investment. Yes. Somebody will take it. Exactly. That's what we have to convince ourselves so we can spend this much money on all this equipment so we can be boys with toys at uh, middle aged. Okay. Um, there's a lot going on down here, but I want to get into what's going on with the White Sox. Of course, this week it was a terrible week for the Sox. They came out of really a run where they were either winning or splitting series. I think it was like four or five series in a row. They were on a roll where they're either winning or splitting a four-game series or winning two out of three or, or they're taking two out of four against somebody and they're and they're playing well. And then it just, you know, fell off a cliff and had a terrible week this week. They get swept by, by Detroit. I, I don't even want to get into it because I watch. Here's the funny thing. I watched most of the first game against the Tigers. I watched most of the game on Friday night. And... Watched them in that game on a bobble ball in the infield. And Abreu is actually a very good first baseman defensively. Yeah, right. I think he's yes. an underrated defensive first baseman. But he, he, he hesitates, bobbles a ball, and the guy, the guy beats the throw home. The very next day, on Saturday, I didn't have time to see the game. And I just walk into a sport clips up on Cicero Avenue. And I'm waiting for my son to finish his haircut. And I'm watching. And all I see is the bases loaded in the eighth inning. And a bobble ball in the infield leads to a run scoring that shouldn't have scored. And again, they let another game go with bad defense. Right. There's been a lot of bad defense. That's the key to this team. And 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 you can get yourself hung up. Like we, last week we talked about specific stats with pitchers, but we've talked before in previous episodes about your OPS, and that's great for fantasy sports. But if you can't play defense, you're not going to win a lot of games. And that's the only thing I could say about this last week. This week, in my opinion, is is vastly different if you can play defense. Now, it's not different like, hey, we're going to the playoffs different. I don't expect this team to do well. I don't want them going out and, like, I, I, I see these ridiculous comments on Facebook. Some some drunk guy got on a, on a thread that we're on yesterday. Oh, I saw this. I saw this. rambling thing about how they need to go out and get more relief pitching and start winning now when we shouldn't have traded Chris Sale. Is that, the guy, is that the, the guy? Is that the guy? The rebuild's taking too long for this guy. I mean, 17 months of rebuild. He's like, what the hell's going on here? I thought when we rebuild, we just get these guys, they come over, we're good right away. We've been banned for a year. Like, like I, I just, I don't get that. I saw that. All I got out of that conversation was that he wanted to sell his ass or somebody was selling uh, their ass. I'm saying assets, but he was separating the word to ass space sets. And you could tell he honestly thought that's how you say, don't give away your assets. Like he didn't, he didn't get that, which was brilliant. I, I love that kind of stuff. That's the only good thing about Facebook is when you see something like that and laugh. Okay, the political stuff is is crap. Uh, the, I I'm sick of watching cute cute uh, puppies and kittens going down slides. I mean, I've gotten sick of that even. But the one thing that I enjoy is when somebody gets drunk, gets on their Facebook, and starts talking out of their ass. That's that's the only thing about Facebook. They're assets, Chris. They're assets. Okay, yes, exactly. and, and 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 that, and I love I love using the gifs or the gifs. I don't know how you pronounce that either. Gifs, gifs. they're gifs. Okay, because yes. I've heard people say a gif before as well. Okay, and and I love that as well. You've I also did, heard I, people I like say tapas. I like food. to comment. I like to comment only in gifs. That's the only way I like to comment now. I like to just put like funny scenes from a gif up, and that's the that's that's how I enjoy my Facebook now. I, I if you're using Facebook for anything else except for that 
or discovering great podcasts like this, then you're using Facebook wrong, I believe, at you this point. You are doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. So getting back to the defense, um, I think it's pretty understood at this point that you're dealing with a young team. Right. You're dealing with a, you know, a lot of young guys. Renteria is there. He's trying to teach them the right way to play baseball. I think you know weeks like this where they have brain farts defensively or at the plate or whatever, I think those are going to be expected. You know, you should expect that at this point. You can't expect to go on a run for two months and win more games than you lose with this team. They're gonna be they're gonna be at the bottom of the division. I think the only reason I was disappointed is because it was Detroit. I feel like we're in better shape than Detroit right now. Okay. Yeah. I know long term we're definitely in better shape than yes, Detroit. Absolutely. And you got Ron Garden hired there and he's like, bah, I know how to beat the White Sox. I've made my entire living off of beating the White Sox. And here he is and beating he comes right in and he just beats, beats the, the White, White Sox, Sox three games. Yes. With with nothing but crap out there on the other side. He's just got a big pile of crap made out of twenty five crappy players on his team. Okay. He even lost Miguel Cabrera for the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, to injury, tricep, tricep, right. wasn't it? And so and he still marches his crap out and just whoops the White Sox for the weekend. Like, there's the guy that I was like, and, and I know White Sox fans are always like, we should go get so-and-so, we should bring back Ozzy, we should do this. But I have always contended, why have we never sat there and said we want Ron Gardenhire on our team? Why have we never said, that's, that's the manager I want running my team? I mean, the amount of times he went out there with subpar talent and won divisions with it, okay? Oh, yeah. And then he walks in with nothing but crap. And wins this past weekend, and he, he it doesn't benefit him if he wins or loses. He's at the he's lower in a rebuild. They're a year behind us. Right. He's going to suck for much longer than the Sox, or at least he's expected to. And he still comes in and finds a way to win three games. Well, didn't they sweep the Sox before in the in the early uh, going into the so. series? I don't have so that would be that would be uh, yeah yeah. I mean, he's he's just doing what he normally does. He he beats the White Sox. He must love coming in here. You know? Yeah. Like, he must he must come to Chicago and just be like, this is my favorite town in the whole world. It ain't Minneapolis, okay? His favorite town in the whole world has to be Chicago. He well, must walk in and be like, I own this place. They should call it Ronnieville, okay? Guaranteed rate field? No, 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 no. It's Ronnie rate field. I, I sit around, I was thinking about this, like, how do we describe when we became White Sox fans? And I was like, I can't say 83 made me a White Sox fan. No, I was, six. We were t- I was five, we were too young. Right, but, but I knew what was going on, but I didn't know enough about it. I do know that in 84, I actively rooted against the Cubs. I had a Steve Garvey baseball bat that I still have to this day. God bless Steve Garvey and all that he did for the Chicago White Sox Nation by making sure we won a World Series before they did. Okay, but... Other than that, I don't. I think my really earliest memories of being completely in the team and knowing the players has got to be '85. See what I'm saying? Yes. Like right around that time, that's when I really know the players. That's when I really, you know, and 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 then and then to describe what it was like back then in that day to be a White Sox fan, I remember going up at 85th and Kedzie with my father when they had just come up with ATMs. ATMs were a brand new thing. It was new technology. You didn't have to go in and see the bank teller, okay? 
Right. And my dad's standing there with me and he's going to try out the ATM, I think, for like the first or second time in his entire life. And he's holding his card in his hand. He's like, what the hell do I do with this? And I just want to get some money out. And he's trying to remember. He's looking at his, he's got his pin written down on his, on his, on his, on a piece of paper, you know, because, you know, he's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this thing. And, and he's standing behind this guy who's struggling with the ATM machine who can't figure out how to use it. And all of a sudden I hear my father go, John, John Cangelosi. Whoa. White Sox utility infielder. I remember Cangelosi. Yes. Cangelosi. Yes. He's standing right in front of us at 85th and Kedzie trying to figure out how to use an ATM machine too. That's amazing. And you know what's funny is that like my dad was a Chicago cop. He, he, he was over 30 years with the Chicago Police Department. Okay. You know, we lived in a South Side house. It was pretty much like any other South Side house. We're, we're, we didn't have a lot of money. Okay. And, and we were just we we're just your basic middle class South Siders. Most of the White Sox memorabilia that I had as a kid came from John Cangelosi's trunk that day because my dad was not going to go to a ball game and buy me all this, all the stuff that I had. See, but but John Cangelosi starts up a conversation with him right away and then walks us out to his car. And he's got like this beater, like mid 80s car, like something you'd see like out of like a movie where it's just like that box car with the big the front is as big as the back. You know, does he got the car? Like a square in the middle. Does he have the car? Does, windows. Does he have the car like on the Victory Auto Wreckers commercial when yeah, dude pulls the door off? That's okay, he had like a beater car. He's he's playing Major League Baseball. He's got a beater car. Wait, man, he's a okay. middle in, middle infield. Right, exactly. Utility infield budget. Right. What do you want? And, and he and he comes out to the parking lot. He's got his beater car and he opens up that big steel trunk with creaks over. You know, he opens it up. He's like, "Hey, kid," and he's talking to my dad. And you know, I always I always think now I was so young I probably didn't even notice, but. John Cangelosi struck me as the kind of guy who probably had in the middle 80s like a cooler in the back with some beers just in case he met somebody. Right. Like I probably got memorabilia and dad probably had a Miller Lite with him or an old style, like right in the bank parking lot. Like that was the days back then when stuff, something like that would happen. And and he opens it up and he gave me an autograph picture. He gave me he gave me a baseball. He gave me a little mini bat. He gave me every promotion that the White Sox probably had that year. He had 20 or 30 of them in his trunk. Like the, he must walk out. He must be. He must have been that guy when he walked out of the ballpark. Somebody would sit there and, and they'd be giving out stuff, and there'd be stuff left over because the team sucked in the mid '80s. Yes, and and there weren't enough people for the giveaway. And he's like, "Oh, give me some of them. Give me some of them little bats with the White Sox symbol on them. Give me some of these things here." Oh, I got one and of he's those. Throwing them in his car in case he meets somebody who recognizes him. We spent a half hour in a parking lot with John Cangelosi. It was like my first brush with greatness in my entire life. He didn't have a game that day. He probably did. Ah, he just said he, uh, he had to get, he had to get somebody on the ATM, and he was probably doing something that day. And then he had a game in the evening. It was in the summer. I remember it was right. summertime. Right, right. He had to be playing. You know, I mean, I mean, I just I remember it as clear as day, standing there with John Cangelosi, just handing stuff out of his trunk. Because and if if you didn't know he was John Cangelosi, he'd have been one of those guys that like your parents would have said, "Don't go over near that strange man." Stranger right? danger. There's a strange man over there with a trunk full of goodies. Stay away from him. <laughs> so I grew up. Right across, pretty much right across and down the street from uh, from you, Chris. Right, we, you were you were sort of in the middle of the, middle block, of the block on the opposite the side. I was at the end of the You're block, corner house. Exactly, you were fancy. Yeah, well, yeah. you had a garage that had a driveway that went out into the street instead of going into the alley. Exactly, you but know? you had this. You had the swimming pool though. We did not until we were older. Pool. Not, too, okay. not until we, yeah. I don't think the swimming pool came along until maybe seventh or eighth grade. But yeah, we did. So getting into my first. Uh, when I can really remember um, 
you know, becoming a White Sox fan, the uh, you're right. We were too young for 83 to really know what was going on. Yeah, I got my winning ugly um, stuff, but I don't remember it. 84, you know, the team was terrible, and I was still only six at the time anyway, so um, not too many memories from there. But I definitely agree with you. The first time, the first season that, I got into it as a White Sox fan was 85. Um, and I think we that, went for my birthday that year. I believe I have eight. eight I was eight. I'd have been eight. And my, yeah, I'd have been seven. My eighth birthday, you and I and one of our other friends, Ryan, Ryan went, and the three of us go to Comiskey Park for my birthday. Right. My dad took the three I of us that. to a ball game that. to get autographs from Ribby and Rhubarb. That was really <laughs> the summer. That was 85 was like the summer of love with between me and the White Sox, probably right. for you as well. Yeah, that year, um, the team was mediocre at best. Right. But you did have a lot of players on that team who were worth watching. You had, obviously, uh, Seaver was on the team yes, at that point. You had uh, Fisk still on the team yes, he at was. that he point. Had, and then when Harold Baines hit a home run, you got to chant, Harold. Harold Baines. Harold. Harold Baines was on there. Uh, you Ron, had Ronnie Ron Kittle. Kittle. Ron Kittle. My, and th- then, my guy, my favorite. Absolutely. Got his picture here autographed over my left shoulder. Absolutely. Your celebrity crush. Yeah. <laughs> A rookie Ozzy. G- Ron, don't think it's weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if Ron Kittle's listening right now. Um, and a rookie Ozzy Gee and rookie of the year Ozzy Gee, and I right, remember was that right. year. And so that's how, was, I, know, that's how was, I know that my 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 White Sox love came from that because I don't remember a shortstop really before Ozzy Gee. There in was my a mind. there was a lot to watch on that team, even though like I believe that year that that was when. Uh, the Oakland A's really started to become the powerhouse that they were. Yeah, I think it was that, that way for a while. For a while, yeah. right. And so there was no, and obviously back then there was no wild card. There was no, it was pretty much you won your division, which had what? 10 teams in it right. or seven teams or eight teams or you weren't going to the playoffs. Right. So there was never any hope of any kind of postseason back then, but there was a lot from that team worth watching. Well, I, I, always, I always laugh. So see, that's the thing. Some people become fans of a team when the team is good. See what I'm saying? Yes. Like a team is good and you're a kid and you're like, I fell in love with this team because they're good. That you always get that with like when you meet somebody that's from like another town and they actually don't know the team. Like, you know, there's Yankee fans everywhere and half of them have never been to to, to New York. You see what I'm saying? And they're like, but I, I love the Yankees because when I was a kid, they were always winning the World Series. Well, good for you. You picked a front runner. Congratulations. I fell in love with the team that sucked. Okay, I mean, we're like at the beginning of that Jimmy Fallon movie about the Red Sox that he had, which I can't remember the name of with Drew Barrymore. But where his uncle's sitting there in a car with him and he's kidding, he's like, this team sucks. They're never going to be good. And you're going to you're going to live your whole life and die and never see him win. Like or whatever he says. That's how these are the conversations I would have with my dad. They could be like, they're the best. I love them. He's like, they're terrible. What are you watching? Look at watch this guy who, you know, we're about to win a game. We'd be sitting in the stands be like, they're going to screw this up. Just wait. <laughs> right. The following story is completely true. The names have not been changed because... Hi, I'm Chris Lanuti. Oh, really? You gotta read it? It's three words long. You're like getting ready, like adjusting yourself. Join me and my friends as we belly on up to my homemade nine-foot oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago. I'd say expose them to as much violence and nudity as you can at an early age to prep them for life. Was it hard to climb up the ladder in your skirt? No, it's just embarrassing. Oh, okay. Each week, we talk craft beer, sports, fatherhood, and the oddities of life. Your show is so different and fascinating. Wait, this is a podcast? <laughs> I just come over here to drink. Join us for 30 minutes of good each and every week. Welcome back to the Missing a Chromosome podcast. <laughs> oh! <laughs>
It's the Broadcast Basement on Stitcher, iTunes, and BroadcastBasement.com. You want to try a a new segment I heard? Yeah. I want to do this. So we're about halfway, just about halfway through the season now. We're mid-July. Or sorry, mid-June right now. Um, There were a couple of guys, you know, on this roster that, you know, we're talking about being, you know, cornerstones of the rebuild. And I kind of wanted to get your take on a few of them because, not going to lie, a few of the numbers, to me, for some of these guys, are a little bit concerning at this point. Okay, so here's what I think we should, how we should approach this. You ask me without me looking at their numbers. Okay. And I haven't looked at any statistics or numbers for the White Sox since our last show. Okay. So I don't know how things have adjusted, and some of these guys I haven't looked at, I haven't looked at very closely. You ask me my impression of them. I'll tell you what I think of them as a fan, from a fan's view, and then you give me the stats and we'll see how close I am to what I think of them. All right, well, let's just start with, you know, an easy one here. Okay. Maybe not an easy one, but a guy that we're certain is supposed to be a cornerstone of this rebuild, uh, Yon Mankata. Yon Mankata, I, I, I think, is a better defensive player than a guy like Tim Anderson. These are my impressions, and then we'll see if any stats back this up. I think he's a better defensive player than a guy like Tim Anderson. I think that he is getting on base, um, even though he's not hitting well. His on-base percentage compared to his average is probably is probably at least respectable. Um, he's got some pop to his bat, so I would imagine his slugging is is up, but he does not have a high enough OPS to excite me. I would probably put him in the low 700s. It would be where I would think he's at. He's not. He's probably striking out far more than he's walking. And uh, and needs to work on that. I'm worried he might have an eyesight problem. To be honest, now with why you. why before we get into the stats, what leads you to believe about an eyesight? Problem? It just seems like when he's throwing off speed, when he's getting off speed pitches, he's not he's not making con- contact as well. Okay. And 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 I and I'm not going to say that I came up with this theory on my own. I actually I actually read I believe something where a former GM was trying to explain that this this is something that you don't notice at first sometimes when you pick up a player and sometimes the guy has a depth perception issue and that if it were up to him he'd bring Mancata to an eye doctor and say you you we need to see whether or not you could see because you're not seeing off speed stuff and if he can't and it's not fixable we we got taken in that trade and you hope that that's not the case okay but he's having a real problem he's basically Pedro Serrano right now he can't. He can't. He can't hit the off-speed pitches. Okay, he needs hats for bats right now. So, <laughs> so hats for bats. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, that made me laugh. Yeah. So we're gonna need. We're gonna need Joe Boost. We need to get Joe Boost some more rub. Okay, because something's not going right with the off-speed did, pitches. Did the did the veteran uh, right. did the veteran pitcher drink right. Joe Boost? Obviously, rum. James Shields drank. James Joe Boo's Shields rum. drank it. Okay. Right, that's what happened. Yon Mankata, currently at the time of this podcast. 227 batting average. Oh, if you would ask me to guess, I would have thought in the 240s. No. Man, it's getting worse. Op, uh, on base percentage of only 302. So you are Wait, right. On. So you He's are almost 100 points higher. Yes, you are so right I said, about that. In relation to his in relation to his average, I felt his on-base percentage would be higher. If he was hitting 300 and his and his on-base percentage was 312, You're talking I would, about I'd a, be wrong. Right, See what I'm saying? right. No, he's, so he's, you, he's 80 points higher, so it means he's getting on base. He's at least getting some walks and finding his way on base. So you are correct about that. Um, slugging percentage is a 401, so pretty much 400 even. So that gives you a total OPS of 703. Oh, so I you're said like, low 700. 
800s. So you're like he right in at there. He should be in the 800s. Yes. For what he is yes. and what he's supposed to be, he should be in the 800s, and in his prime, he should be hitting in the 950s. So, so what that tells you is that, number one, he is walking. Okay. Right. He's got 27 walks but how many right strikeouts? now. You ready for this? Are you sitting down? I told you it was going to be a lot more than the walks. 98. Wow. He is he is due to strike out probably at this rate. You're yeah. looking at somewhere between 225 times this. Two, and how you're many walks at, does he have? He's got 27 walks to 98 strikeouts. Okay, so basically he, he wow. So, I mean, like just ballparking it. He strikes out three times every to every walk. Yes. If he comes up to the plate and doesn't get his bat on the ball, he'll strike out three times and walk once. Yes. Which is interesting because like we're your looking basic at a seven year old little leaguer. We're looking at a, but we're also looking at a 400, 400 slugging percentage. Right, if he gets his bat so on the ball. so that's that the means he, he is making contact has, also. If he's got a 400 slugging percentage and he, that means he's making contact. When he makes contact, it's good contact. Okay. That's what it says. And that again is the thing that makes me concerned. Like, why isn't he picking up off speed pitches? How is he continuously getting fooled by pitchers? That's my concern with Moncada. Do I still believe he's a cornerstone piece? Yes. Do I think the White Sox believe in him more than, and I keep saying his name, I've said it in several podcasts, Tim Anderson? Yes, because they took that new guy and they're working him out at shortstop. They're not working him at second base, which was his natural position. The guy they drafted, they, they're moving him to short, okay? So they, they obviously see something in Moncada, but I'm going to tell you something right now. They're not sure about their middle infield right now, and I, I'm not sure about it either. There's, there's a lot of work ahead. For okay. the middle infield. For the middle infield yes. of this team. There's so, a lot. So let's stay there. Let's stay there. Let's talk about Tim Anderson. See, he's going to be better right now in the stats after I said something bad about him, but I still don't like him. No, I, go ahead. Go. I don't like his defense. I would imagine he's hitting somewhere in about the 240s. I would imagine his on-base percentage, though, compared to that is a little bit lower. Um, uh, so, like, you know how, like, I, Moncada was a 221, and then his, his on-base percentage was, like, 315. I'd, I'd probably say Timmy Anderson's on-base percentage is very close to Moncada's average is just higher. Um, I, I, I would imagine his slugging percentage is probably close to Moncada's, um, and I would imagine he probably doesn't strike out as much. But right now, I would say if you just took hitting stats, you would say he was the better player. But I don't think he can field his position very well. And I think that he's a, a I think he should be playing center field in two years because of the control you have over him. If And you hopefully find a better defensive shortstop. That's how I feel about him. So here's where we're at. You're basically and, and these are the reasons why I picked these two guys, because when you look at their stat lines next to each other, very, very, very similar. So we're looking at Tim Anderson right now has a batting average of 233. All right, so he's down. dipped too. He's well, dipped had a too. bad week. Yeah, he's the dipped whole team's too. Had a bad week. He's dipped too. Uh, on base percentage of three hundred one. Which so he's got a lower on base percentage than Makata and a higher average. See what I'm saying? Right, but so barely, barely, but barely though, Chris. Okay, barely right. because yeah, Mankata Mankata was three hundred two. Right, he's yeah. th- he's three hundred one. Right. Yeah, very much splitting hairs. You're talking a difference of six points in the batting average, right, right. one point okay. in on base percentage, slugging percentage. Uh, Anderson has a four sixteen, so he's fifteen. Okay, so these guys are basically the same guy at the plate. Exactly, right? they're what the same dude at, at the plate. Strikeouts to walks. Strikeouts to walks. Tim Anderson has 22 walks, so less walks than Mankata, but considerably, well, maybe not considerably, but m- less strikeouts than Mankata at 69 right now. Okay. So, so about 30 less strikeouts. Okay, so he's doing a little bit better in terms of his strikeouts to walks, but they are essentially the same player right now. Yes. Okay. Now. So now when you look at these two players, if you're essentially the same player at the, at the bat, and Anderson has had far more major leagues experience than Mankata, and I, I'm sorry, I test-wise, I see Moncada as a better defensive player than Anderson. 
Okay. I think I that that right there, I think, has to tell you what your biggest need is. First of all, you need to fix your middle infield because you're never going to be a good team unless your middle infield's good. So that has got to be a huge area of concern for the White Sox right now because you don't have a lot of depth at it. And and Anderson, I would I, I see him as trailing Moncada in development because he's been up here longer and he's doing the same as the guy who's having his first full season. See what I'm saying? If you are a Timmy Anderson fan, it's it, this should have been a prove-it year where he started to really do something, and he's not. One more guy I wanted to just ask you about. Davidson. Matt Davidson. That's my guy, man. That's your guy. I mean, he's my guy because of the fact that, one, he's already retweeted the show to his followers on Twitter. Nice. Okay. And two, because, and, and And he does a podcast. And I think that if we have any chance of getting a White Sox player on the show, it's Matt Davidson in my basement. Nice. Because I think the guy is, I think the guy is totally into podcasting, and I, I'm, I've got to say, like, once we get the Twitter thing working, you're going to want to follow it because you you're going to get to see me schmooze Matt Davidson and beg him to come on the show. OK, like nonstop me just sending him messages like Matt Davidson, I'll, I'll bake you a cake. You know, <laughs> my wife will sit in your lap. I'll come up with anything I can. OK, but anyway, um, I like I said, Matt Davidson, I think, is is a guy that needs to get his average up. I've been saying that all year long. I bet you sitting 220. I bet you that he's got uh, an on base percentage, though. I don't know. I, I, I know his slugging percentage is big. I would say his on-base slugging percentage, I would at least combine them to be over 800 right now, okay? And I think that he's got a pretty good on-base percentage, I would say, as well, probably closer to the four. Not up there at four, but he's, he's in the high threes if he's not up by the fours. So I think that he's actually showing a lot of good signs as a hitter, but his average is low, and I've always said that if you're going to be that guy who's a thumper, you still got to have that average about 250. I don't like it when you can't get a hit at least one out of every four times. So... Um, here you go with Matt Davidson stats. Uh, we've got 241 batting average. So he's doing he's, better than he's, I thought. He's brought it up. Good. He's brought it up. Good. His um, his on base percentage, uh, 357. So not quite up I to the high. Not that. quite up okay. to the 400. Over 100 points higher than his batting average. But you are correct. He well, he's he's hitting the crap out of the ball. He's got a 503 slugging percentage. That's good. That's right. what you want to see out right. of a guy. So his who's, OBP is is well over 800. Who's in? Yeah, it's 860 total. Well, it's right. 860. And if he um, got that, and now here's the thing: if he gets the average up. The natural thing that will happen is you'll see him draw more walks because he'll be a more fearsome hitter, you'll, and you'll see that slugging percentage get into the nines and the mid-nines. And then when you compare his numbers, his actual numbers, he will compare with guys that are at the top of the league and hitting that are middle-of-the-order guys on other, guy, on other teams. He can be that guy. He's not there yet. Uh, he was a good prospect. He's 27 years old. He's 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 a guy that should develop into something. His career is not over. He had some setbacks in his career, and I'm rooting for him to be that guy. He's not there yet. So but he should be batting every day. He should be getting developed just like Moncada. The um, the other only real interesting kind of stat here about Matt Davidson is you've got um, his strikeout to walks. So he's still striking out a lot. We got 78. Everybody strikes out in Major League Baseball. Right. We got 78 strikeouts. That's high. Right. That's high. But the nice thing that you're seeing here from Matt Davidson is he is also starting to walk more. He's got 32 walks. Right. He's got the best best comparables of the three guys that we talked about. I mean, he's he's leading right now, just kind of skimming this. He's he's leading the team in walks. If we could teach him how to play shortstop, we'd be good. Oh, God. You'd be perfect. You and Anderson, man. (laughs) Tim Anderson's never coming out of this show. No, <laughs> no, you've just, we, you've just burned that can, one. Unless we can convince him not to listen to it beforehand, and then I'll be very nice to him when he's here. Probably never coming on this show. I, I, you know what? I want Tim Anderson to prove me wrong. 
I do. That goes of back course, to what we're talking of course, about. Because you don't, a fan. Because I you don't want, want Tim Anderson to prove me wrong. I want to sit around and eat my words on Tim Anderson because I'm a fan and I love this team and I want him to be good. And you don't Please, want Tim make me look stupid. And you don't want to have to worry about filling a shortstop hole when no. we're trying to compete. You no, need that money I for starting. You need that money for starting pitching. I want him to come out and hit the you know two ninety. Play great defense and end up with 25 home runs a year and be like Carlos Correa. That's what I want him to be. I don't think he's going to be anything close to that. And I would just take a middling infielder that was great at defense right now. But he's not that yet. I want you to prove me wrong, Tim. As a fan. Okay? Because right now I take John Cangelosi. (laughs) John, come back to me, John. Come back. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. <laughs>